welcome to the Unraveling Minds podcast. My name is Rick Hernandez, and I'm a social work grad student, certified drug and alcohol counselor, and most importantly, a father. The Unraveling Minds podcast is a podcast about critical thinking conversations, about topics associated with the human mind, body, and spirit, and how that impacts our everyday lives. I hope by the end of this podcast, you will gain some knowledge, some education about how these topics influences your mind, your body, and your spirit, and how you can continue to grow, how that will impact your family, impact our society, and eventually impact the world that we live on. The title of this episode is The Importance of Fatherhood, Part 2. I felt the obligation of having to do a second part to the importance of fatherhood because I felt that there were some things that were left out on last episode that I have been constantly thinking about. And I would like to address those here today. So for this episode, I'm going to be talking more about experiences and what I have learned in this journey of fatherhood and what I have seen working with fathers. On last episode, what I did was talk about more statistics, what the statistics show, what has been proven, and what are the benefits of having a father involved in life. And today I'm going to see how those statistics play out in real life. And most importantly, one thing that I felt I did not really address last episode was, what can single moms do? I know there are times when father's not involved, when father cannot be involved, whether it's domestic violence, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, or they're just not there present. So I'd like to address that in this episode. And I'd like to start with a quote. Of all the titles I've been privileged to have, that has always been the best, by Ken Norton. And I like this quote. I was reading it and I was reflecting on all the titles that I've held in my life. Being manager of different um, organizations, restaurants very early on in my life. And I've had many different positions throughout my life. And the best thing and the best title that I've ever held is being called a father. Because you see, when you have a position as a manager and you leave that job, that title stays there. When you're uh, working at whatever non nonprofit agency or you're working at a corporation, that title stays behind. And then you go to another corporation and now they put you a new title. And now all of a sudden you kind of grow into this title. And those titles go, come and go, right? But father, father stays with you your whole journey of life. And I think that, that that's crucial. And that's how I want to start today's episode because the title father doesn't mean too much today in our society. And I think that has to do with what happened in the civil rights movement and the women's movement in the 1960s. And there's this book uh, called The Boy Crisis by Dr. Warren Farrell that addresses this and a lot of his research that he has done. And what I really appreciate about this book, and I'll, I'll do an episode about that book, but Dr. Warren Farrell is a man who was a pioneer in the women's movement in the 60s who was in charge of, uh, or was part of a, a council for women and girls of the White House. And he's a man that fights for women's rights, but what he started pointing out, it was that after the women's rights movement, we fought for women's rights, we fought for girls' rights, and look, I have a daughter, I have a wife, yes, all for it. But we forgot to continue to address fatherhood, and we forgot to address what does it mean to be a man in today's society. And I think that the title of father has been left behind. And that's one of the things that it's happening today's society, that a lot of fathers don't understand how important they are, don't understand that they matter. 
talking to a lot of individuals and working with a lot of fathers in my life, what I have seen is that they don't understand that they are the best therapist they can be for their children. Look, you don't need to have a title. And there's nothing that a therapist is going to say to your children that's going to replace a hug, a kiss, a cheer, and I see you, I acknowledge you, I am proud of you. Studying to be a therapist, you learn all of these um, different techniques of how to work with people, how to help them overcome their barriers. But I'll tell you this, nothing replaces. And I'm proud of you. You can be working with a client for a whole year, but if a father comes back into their the child's lives, even in adults' lives at 30, 40 years old, says, I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, daughter. That makes a huge difference. And I was talking to this individual this past week, and he was telling me how they're going to diagnose his son, and he's going through this evaluations. And yes, that's great. Do all that stuff. But I told him, look, at the end of the day, you are the best therapist. You are the best thing that that child can have if you keep on being involved in his life and continue to spend that time and foster that relationship. So what I want to do right now is just speaking to all the dads out there, to all the future dads out there, and maybe to all those that are male role models and father role models to other to other children. You matter. You're important. Your contributions into fatherhood are more than financial contributions. And I was reflecting that somebody asked me, why is it that Hispanic dads don't show love? And I was, I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been thinking a lot about that. And it has to do a lot with our culture. Yes, but why? So narrowing down, I think I, I, think I got it. And it's not just Hispanic dads. It's a lot of different uh, dads from different cultures where we come from or more collective cultures. There's too many of the times we worry about the whole that we forget the individuals within that hole. So we worry about that everything is in order, that there's shelter, that there's food, that there's air conditioner or there's heater, that the children are well taken care of. And we feel like we've taken care of the concrete needs, but we forget about each individual that lives in the house. There could be mom and there can be three children. So I believe that fatherhood and fathers have been so focused on providing for the whole family. And at the end of the day, they sit back and they say, well, I've done my job as a father because that's what I've been taught. That's what they have been showing me. You work, you bring a paycheck home, and you provide for the shelter, for the food, for the heater, for the electricity, for the gas. But we forget that individuals that live in the house. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be focusing on with the people that I work with. Yes, we have to take care as men. We have to take care of our families. Yes, you have to provide all those concrete needs. Yes, but don't forget that each individual in the family needs you as well. Don't forget that your words and your affirmations, that your I see you, I acknowledge you, I'm proud of you. Let's keep on working on this. I see the effort that you are doing. I got your back. Those go a longer way in life. And it has a huge benefit to the, child, to the child's life as we saw in part one when we talk about all the statistics, right? So if you're a dad, don't forget about the individuals that live in your home. Don't forget about your daughters, about your sons, about your wife individually, not just the family, not just I've taken care of all of this. That's it. My job is done. No, Spend time with each one of them. 
spend quality time, right? If you are a future father, understand this, that you have to provide for your family and we have to step up as men and provide for our families. Yes, we got that. Society tells that all the time. But also start figuring out how is it that you're going to divide your week and your months so that you can spend quality time with each one of your the members of your family. Make that a priority, right? And to all the male role models out there, understand that you're making a huge difference in that child's life, in that teenager's life, in that adult's life even then. People that grew up without dads, and then we start seeing the male role models, we start seeing people that are important in the community. You might be one to somebody right now, even if without you knowing it. Somebody's looking up to you. Understand that you stepping up to the plate and you being there is making a difference for that person as well. And I say this because I've been working with a lot of dads. And I, I, the, the first thing that impacts them and the first class that we have, I tell them, you matter. And, and all of them just stand there and they're just like with their eyes open, like they've never heard this before. Nobody has ever told any of these fathers that you are important, that you matter, that your contributions are way greater than, than, than what you can even phantom. And all the dads, I turn around, there's like 10, 15 dads just looking at me with their eyes open, their mouths open, because nobody has ever told them this. And we have so much research about the importance of motherhood, the importance of mothers in babies and child development. But there's not that much on fatherhood. So, fathers, you matter. And I've seen this working with dads. When you tell them they matter, then they start understanding that everything that they do and every effort and every contribution and every sacrifice that they make is for the greater good of their families. Every single one of the dads that I talk to, they all talk to me about the sacrifices they have made financially. It's the first thing they do. Well, I'm working extra because I want to get my son a new phone. I want to get my son a new PlayStation. Oh, my daughter asked me for a bike. Oh, they asked me for a Chromebook. They asked me for this, for that. It's always about contributions. But what sacrifices are you making for your son's social and emotional competence? What sacrifices are you making for your son's academic education? What sacrifices are you making for your son's future in relationships? What sacrifices are you making to make sure that your marriage is well taken care of? Because that, it's going to be the point and it's going to be the mark that your child, your son, your daughter are going to be hitting when they grow up. If your marriage, if your relationship's stable and it's strong, your children are going to follow that example and they're going to look up to somebody like that. Your daughter's going to look at, to, to, to marry a man like her father. They see you treating your wife with care, with love, with compassion, with sacrifice. They're going to want somebody like that. They're not just going to go with any chump. They're not going to go with just anybody that just promises them the stars and the moon and doesn't deliver. They're going to expect that because they've seen that. Also, your son, you're teaching him how to be a man. So when I talk to dads, they always tell me about the sacrifices they make financially, about how hard they work. But I always ask them those questions. What sacrifices are you making for their social-emotional competence? What sacrifices are you making for their academics? What sacrifices are you making for their future relationships? What sacrifices are you making for their future marriage? And they're just shocked because they don't understand that these are questions that they haven't, they haven't thought about. But when you engage and you start those conversations, then they start thinking about it. And they start doing it. I remember one dad, 
had had a magnificent job. He was making like 80 grand per year working all over the state of California. And after we, when he came in, he's just like, look, I just want to get this class done with. I just want to, that's it. You know, whatever it takes. If I can take two per week, I'll do two per week. I was like, nope, it's only one per week. So, okay, so we're working and we're, the weeks gone by, gone by, gone by. Last class comes in and I tell him, what have you guys learned? And this dad tells me, I've understand that my child needs me. He's 13 years old. He doesn't have his mom and he needs me. I need to spend more time with him. Right now, since I come to this class, I've been able to spend more quality time with him. And I tell him, okay, so now you have this knowledge. What are you going to do about it? Because one thing is to understand. One thing is to know. And another thing is to put into action. So I ask him, what are you going to do about it? And he looks at me and says, you know, as a matter of fact, I change jobs. And I look at him. I remember this guy makes around 80 grand per year. So he's pretty good, pretty sad. And I looked at him and said, what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah. Because I was traveling all over the state, I wasn't able to spend time with my child. So I switched jobs in the same company, just positions. He's like, where I'm now working locally. And I, I was surprised. I had never heard this. I've never heard of a dad changing jobs, changing positions because of this. But to that dad, he understood. He got it. He said, my child needs me. No financial amount of money is going to replace the time that I spend with my son. And most more critical, dads, when you when you start showing them that they matter, they start seeing that time is running out because children grow. Time runs out. Children don't stay forever at two years old. Children don't stay forever at five years old, ten years old, right? So they can enjoy these moments. When they get eight, when they turn eighteen and they start doing their own life and they start going to college and they're older, have their family. Hey, if you want to work twelve hours per day, fourteen hours, sixteen. I mean, that's your choice, right? If you want to start making, piling a bunch of money later on, that's your choice. But don't miss out on those years. The balance, right? Yes, you got to work. You got to provide for your family. I understand that. But it's all about that balance. And that's one thing that I've understood. Fathers want to be part of their children's lives. That's one of the lessons that I've learned this two years that I've been working intensely with fathers. They want to be part of their children's lives. They just don't know how to. So they have a, we have a couple of barriers. And the first barrier, it's the mothers. They call it uh, the gatekeepers, right? So a lot of the moms tend to use the children as leverage. Uh, you're not going to see your son unless you pay child support. You're not going to see your children unless you give me this, unless you do this. And a lot of the times, yes, you know what? There was uh, Maybe their trust was broken. Maybe there was domestic violence and there's pain still in there. There was abuse from the father to the mother. I understand that. There's, there's uh, abuse going on and there's hurt and there's pain and there's no genuine forgiveness or genuine um, asking for forgiveness of the father to the mother. And there's so much that the relationship's broken. It's never going to be a restore. I understand that. But I think both father and mother need to understand that the only ones that suffer when the parents are fighting and they're separated are the children. I see this time in and time out again where um, a father will try to be part of his child's life and then mom, just a gatekeeper, she's like, nope, you're not going to see them. You're not going to see them. You're nope, nope, you're not going to do this. Like, oh, you speak to your children at 9 p.m.? Well, guess what? Now their bedtime is 9 p.m. Now you can't see them. And sometimes I understand the mother's side, but I also... I understand the father's side. It's like they need to come to an agreement. And I think we need more services for this. I think definitely there's a lack of services for co-parenting. 
more co-parenting uh, classes, more co-parenting, maybe uh, therapy, more co-parenting, maybe virtually since they can't stand seeing each other. Uh, we need more services like that. So that's one thing that definitely I want to advocate for working on that because what I have seen, the only ones that are suffering when the both of the parents are fighting, are name calling, are talking trash behind each other's back are the children. And a lot of the times they don't see that. So I do see fathers do want to be part of their children's lives. But sometimes mom are the gatekeepers. And sometimes, look, dads are not paying their child support and they should. That you men up. There were men enough to uh, have children. There should be men enough to pay your child support. You should be men enough. So I see that as well, right? I do see sometimes dads being jerks. I do see that. But despite those differences, the ones that are suffering are the children's because they're stuck. Who do I pick? Do I pick mom or do I pick dad? If I pick dad, I'm betraying mom. If I pick mom, I'm betraying dad. Now you have this whole confusion between them. And I've seen I've seen couples that are able to work that out. They separate it. They're not together. And they're able to work it out with their children. And they both show up to their classes and they both show up. And I applaud them. I applaud them when they're able to to learn from that, definitely. But I've also seen one other lesson that I've learned is that no matter how old dads are, there's still a hole in their hearts about not having a father in their lives or having an absent father who was physically present. So I see this. I ask the dads, how was it, uh, your relationship growing up with your dad? Did you have a dad? Yes or no? Yes, what did you learn from him? No, what did you learn from his absence? And a lot of dads will sit there and cry. And a lot of father men, right? You see them on the street, big manly man working construction, working at city jobs and doing, uh, you know, changing light bulbs in the city, electricians and all this crazy stuff. And you see them very big manly and they start crying. Why? Because there's still that pain that their dad walked away from them. That their father was not present for them to help them out. And a lot of them say, well, I'm glad he, didn't, he wasn't around because then I, I turned out fine and I, I, could, I would have been a different person today. Or they'll talk about that abuse that they received from their father. Or a lot of them will talk about, you know what, my dad was there, but he was never there emotionally. He was, he was there present. He would show up and he will just come home and drink. Or he'll come home and go with his friends. Or he'll come home and turn on the TV. Countless stories about that. Just fathers will come home and never ask them. How was your day? I love you. Hey, I care about you. Hey, here. Here's a hug. I missed you today. And I see this with grown-up men. And I think because of that, we're also battling in society. We're battling with a group of men that don't know how important they are in their children's lives. So they're, they're absent. Another group of men that just don't know how to do it, don't have the tools to do it. Don't, don't choose and another group of men that want to be there, but there's so many barriers whether it's core, whether it's the mother, whether it's the restraining orders and different stuff. So different group of men, right? And we'll let the courts handle that. Restraining orders, everything else doing that. But the group of men that don't know how to do it, we had to provide those tools. So I hope that this podcast, this part one and part two, can be uh, be helpful to any father or any man out there that might think, I don't have the tools. How the hell how how the hell am I gonna be a dad? You know, my daughter was asking me, Are you ready to become an, a father again? And I was like, I I was like, Yes, of course, I already have you, right? And then she kept on keeps on asking me and keeps on asking me. And I'm just like, I started questioning, wait, am I ready? How the hell do I do this? Like, wait, wait, I already have a nine year old, but how the hell wait, wait, am I ready? And I think a lot of the times dads feel that way. 
how do I do this? Because I'm starting from scratch because my dad wasn't present or he was present, but he wasn't there emotionally. So I think that's where us men have to come in and have to continue to support each other, have to continue being there for each other as men and continue to encourage each other. Once again, I think that we as men have to hold each other accountable and continue to promote fatherhood in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our culture. What other men that you see, hey, promote fatherhood. Hey, don't forget to hug your kid today. Hey, have you been a father today? Hey, how's fatherhood going for you, man? I know it's hard. Even if you don't have a kid, right? But hey, what's going on? Just ask them because that's the thing. We have to start getting in those conversations and making it important. You see, for for a woman, right, we have a baby shower. What do we have for men when children are born? When a woman's pregnant, we're going to celebrate the the, 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 um, the birth of a child coming. We're going to throw a baby shower. We're going to provide everything mom needs. We're going to provide everything this. But what do we have for dads? Well, I mean, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to uh, make a whole another event. But maybe in there, in those baby showers, include father. And let's destroy that stereotype. The baby showers are just for women. Let's include fathers as well. And let's be like, hey, man, this is for you. Here, here, here's a gift card. Here's something. Here's a gift for you as a man. Hey, I'm going to give you a book. It's going to be a small book. Maybe you don't like to read or maybe an audio book. Maybe a CD. People still use CDs. I know, right? Uh, And something like that, but to promote fatherhood. To promote that. Maybe for Father's Day, let's reach out to our friends that are our fathers and let them know, hey, man, you matter. Even if you don't have kids, just be like, hey, you matter, man. Thanks. Because you know what? When you do have children, <laughs> guess who your children are going to go to school with? Mm-hmm. The children of that guy who has a father. So it's important. It's important. You're investing in your community. You're investing in somebody's mental health. You're investing in their mind by continuing to promote father, positive fatherhood in their life. Guess what? He's going to be doing good. He's going to be stepping up to the plate. He's going to be there for their children. And those children are going to be there with your children at school. And who knows? Maybe your child or your son marries their daughter. Their daughter marries your son. We're all intertwined. Everything's everything. <laughs> Another thing that I have seen in my job is this crisis of fatherhood and that affects the most, the ages 13, 14, and 15. I've seen this whenever I get a, a, a family that I need to work with. And then I see that the ages is 13, 14, and 15, and it says trouble teen or whatever. And then it's, it's a boy. The majority of the time, it's either going to be aggressive, doing drugs, or suicidal. Those three things. Aggressive, with other family members, with their own mother. I've seen cases of 13, 14, 15-year-old hitting their mother. And then when I call and ask, where is the dad? He's not present. Dad walked away. Dad's not here. He left. Sometimes, but it's very minimal when you say dad passed away. But it's very sad to see the 13, 14, 15 years. That's a sweet age. When you get to 16, 17, they're already troubled. They're already deep in there. But if you get them 13, 14, 15, that's when they start barely uh, going to this rite of passage. And we'll talk about this a little bit more right now. But those troubled 13, 14, 15 year olds. And the first question that I always ask, where is dad? And 
I get a few of them. A few of them. I do get referrals when that is there, but not presence, but not doing anything about it, but not talking to their kids. And I really, I, I get, I get angry sometimes, and I say, "What are you doing, man? What do you mean that your son hit his mother? You're gonna allow that?" That's your wife right there. What are you doing? And I think those stats are confused, right? Because they don't know what to do. They don't understand their importance. They're paying the bills. They're providing. They're leaving the discipline to mom. They're like, no, you handle it. You take care of everything. I bring the paycheck. And that's it. Like, no, 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 no. Right now, your kid, your son is a teenager. He needs you to step up to the plate and teach him what it, what it means to be a man. What does it mean to be transitioning into young adulthood and a young man? So I always talk to these dads and I really get sometimes angry with them and I, and I tell them straight up, what are you doing? Step up to the plate. Be there for your son because he needs you. And, and I see this a lot with boys, right? Either aggressive, doing drugs or suicidal. And with girls, it's more about acting out. A lot of times it's sexually or start having boyfriends that are older. We also, we also see drugs, very minimal. It's more the boys are doing engaging in drugs, but a lot of times the girls are running away, fighting with mom, and having a lot of trouble. So I see this, and that's 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 crucial because these are young kids, 13, 14. And I remember those ages. I was that age once. I don't know if you remember when you were 13, 14, 15. What were you doing, right? But if you were not out in the street, if you were not being aggressive, punching other people, if you're not doing drugs, if you're not doing that, it was most likely because somebody was there for you to put a limit to put a boundary said, hey, we don't cross this boundary and you're trying to step up and you're trying to scream at mom and you're trying to yell and say, hey, you're not going to do this here. That's what a father does. That's what a father's supposed to do. And there's a lot of moms that do a great job putting those boundaries and I applaud them. But I do see this a lot and it breaks my heart because there's not a lot of services for 13, 14 and 15 year olds. We want to put them all in the box and we want to put them all in therapy. Well, guess what? Therapy doesn't work for everybody. A 13, 14, 15-year-old doesn't know how to sit there for 50 minutes and start talking about all their emotions and start speaking about, oh, I feel hurt because my dad is not present with me. And now this anger is bubbling up inside of me. I just want to punch people. It's not happening. I think we need more services for male role models. More services of mentors more services of taking kids out camping bonding spending time putting boys together and just hanging out and doing things boys do i think we need that with all this movement that's going on about defunding the police which i don't agree with that word defunding we should be reinvesting i think maybe some of that money should go to more youth services more youth intervention services in our communities once again those are the boys that are going to be hanging out around with your daughters. So the daughters that your boys are going to be there with as well, right? So I see this a lot, and I think that uh, that's the crucial age. I was talking to a dad, and I applaud him because what he did was his son was stepping up, and his son wanted to fight him, and he stepped up to him, and they started getting into a huge argument until the cops were called, and they ended up taking him to jail for a couple of, oh, actually a couple of days, even though he didn't do anything. But I told him, I applaud you. Because you stepped up and you let your son know you're not intimidated of him. Because the son needs to understand that. A boy needs to understand that the dad is the dad and the dad is like the alpha of the family. 
right? And this is not about being macho. This is not about, I'm, I'm the one that calls the shots and you're going to listen to me and shut up. No, no, no. This is about showing like, hey, I'm in charge here. But that also means I'm going to protect you. That also means I'm going to provide. That also means you don't have to worry about paying the rent because I'm going to take care of that. You can focus on your studies. That also means if somebody comes in and breaks in, I'm going to give my life for you. That also means you can sleep safe at night because any problem that we have in the household, I'm going to take care of it. That's what a true man does. And that's what it means. And I was just explaining to this father, great job that you did that. Great job that you put a stop to that. Because it's necessary and the child needs to hear that. They need to be reinforced. Dad, it's the boss here. And that also means he's going to take care of all the other responsibilities. That also means he's going to take care of everything else. Right? And it also puts that boundary. You're not going to step up. You're not going to hit me. You're not going to hit your mother. Because once they start hitting one father, it's just going to keep on going down the this, this spiral. Unfortunately, you see that a lot of when children do uh, hit their parents. And I want to play a little clip right now. From Correctional Officer Calvin Williams to TED Talk that he gave. And I just want to play a small clip where he speaks to other inmates in there and what he talks about how it was for him not having a father in his life. So let's listen to this. So, what I'm trying to talk to y'all about today is each and every one of you, be it you're a father or be it that you have the ability to talk to children in whatever way. I just want to point out the fact that me personally, I didn't have my father. When I grew up at the age of six, my family broke up. I came from Detroit, east side of Detroit. Came out here and uh, started a new life. Okay, there was a lot of atrocities that go on. I can go the long story, everybody got theirs. Okay, I'm not trying to go into all of that. But the bottom line was my pops wasn't there. I would see men, they look like my dad. I missed him. I would want to talk. He wasn't available. It's okay, cool. I grew up, very masculine kid, okay? Love girls, hit hard, like to play ball, like to play basketball, everything masculine. But the thing was, was the means of passage was missing. I didn't have one. My means of passage was how hard I could hit. My means of passage was, how big was my knot in my pocket? My means of passage was how well could I hold my liquor? My means of passage were all of these negative influences because I was influenced by those who didn't have an influence themselves. Blind leading the blind. So in this clip, the correction officer Calvin Willing speaks about the means of passage was missing. And I think that was missing for a lot of young boys, a lot of men. A lot of young girls, a lot of teenagers, it is the means of passage. When I look at a 13, 14, and 15-year-old, and this just clicked today, when I see them acting out, it is because they're calling for help and they are stuck in their means of passage. They're supposed to become something else, a young adult. Their body starts changing, their brain chemistry is changing, their hormonal levels are changing. And they need to understand, they need to be led by hand, literally, through the means of passage and through this new way of life, which is young adulthood. And I see that, that that's a trouble for a lot of you today, the means of passage. So for you, father, that has a young, uh, a young man 
that is going through these tough ages with 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds. It is your job to help them go through that passage, to help them make the transition. Because what we just heard right now is the means of passage was missing. A lot of young men out there. What is it? What is that? The passage becoming a man. Like, well, I'm going to hold my liquor. Well, I'm going to see how many people I can punch. Well, I'm going to see how many drugs I can do. I'm going to rob people. I'm going to go out in the streets, right? Or a lot of them, they turn the other way, go inside and just stuck in video games. Depression. Suicide. Well, I'm, I'm so, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what's going on, right? What am I supposed to do? I'm not a kid no more. I'm not an adult. What am I? I'm stuck in this life. I don't have nothing to do. And then they want to just commit suicide because they're so overwhelmed. So fathers, help your child through this passage. Have that conversation with them. Engage. Speak with them. Be there for them. Talk with them. Just hug them. Just give them a kiss. Just say, they got you. No matter what is it, what you're going through, no matter what is it that you're, how many times you call me names or whatever, I got you. I'm going to be here for you. It's not going to change right away. It's not going to be something that one day you say, I love you. I got you. And then all of a sudden, that's it. Everything's back to, back to normal. No, but that's a reaffirmation for that child's life, that they're important, that they're worth it, that there's somebody out there that loves and cares for them. If you don't live with them, send them those text messages. Reach out to them. And if you're a man that doesn't have children, but has other young adults that you come in contact with, just let them know, hey, I see you. Hey, I acknowledge you. Hey, I want to let you know that whatever you're going through is not always going to be like this. There's better days coming. But don't do these dumb things. Don't do these stupid things that can alter your life. And if you need anything, give me a call. I got you back. I got you. I guarantee you that those kids will give you a call. I guarantee you that at some point, they're going to reach out. Because if they have nobody else in their lives, and one man steps up and says, hey, I got you, they're going to want to reach out to them. And I hope that they do, right? And now, what can you do? I want to give you three steps right now. What can you do if you are a dad to improve your children's overall well-being? What can you do to improve the relationships with your children? What can you do as a man if you want to improve those relationships with your family, right? Or with a young adult that you have in your life, young girl. Number one, have dinner nights. Dinner nights are so important. The research is in, but forget about the research. Sitting down and eating dinner and talking to one another without electronics. Turn off that TV, leave the cell phones away, and let's have some dinner. Well, first of all, if you're having dinner night, most likely you're cooking at home, so it's healthier. So their lives, their overall health is better. Their body's better. You're doing a spiritual action where that we're all going to come together and we're all neutral. Let's all talk. And you're also investing in their mind. How was your day today? Hey, what did you do? Interesting statistic. Uh, one of the number one ways to reduce ADHD is exercise. Number two, having family dinner nights. So have dinner nights. Just sit down with them, eat, engage. How was your day? Don't speak. Stay quiet and watch the questions they're going to start telling you. And just listen, because that right there is showing that they're important, that they matter. And those 20, 30 minutes that you're spending with them, it's an investment. 
upon their future life. Number two, do some roughhousing. Play with them. Wrestle. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, just play with your kids. Have some fun. Have some laughs. Yes, they will cry. <laughs> oh, the countless times that my daughter has cried. After we play, but she always comes back for more. Play with them. You're teaching them so much. And I'll do another episode on the benefits of rough housing, but you're teaching them empathy. You're teaching them compassion. You're teaching them boundaries. You're teaching them delay gratification. You're teaching them gratification. Just play with them. Wrestle it out. Uh, or I don't know what you guys do. Do boxing there with them. Whatever it is, just get down dirty and just roll around on the floor and laugh, 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 laugh with them. And number three, create a space for the children to ask questions. I told this to a dad, create the space. You have two, three children, go out with each one individually. Don't think that just because you guys go all, all out like a family that you're taking care of. I was like, no, go out with your child. This dad went to the bank. He asked his son, hey, you want to come with me to the bank? And the son's like, yeah, sure. He only took one. He didn't take the other one. That was on purpose. And as he's there, his son asks him, hey, dad, can I see your bank account? And the dad's like, split moment, like, what the hell? Why would I want to show you my bank account? Like, you don't need to know about money. Kid's like nine or 10. So he shows him. He's like, whoa, you got money. And then his son turns around and says, hey, dad, remember, nine, 10 years old. You have a 401k? So like, what the hell? How the hell do you know about 401k? So he's like, oh, well, I learned this in school. They showed me a video. And he says, yeah, I do have a 401k. And I do have some money set up for retirement. And he starts talking to him about retirement. And the son looks at him and says, so you mean to tell me that you're not pressuring me to go to school and do good in my classes because you don't want me to take care of you. And the dad's like, no, I'm not pressuring you to go to school and do good in school for you to take care of me when I'm old. And the son looks at him and he's like, huh, this whole time I did not want to go to school because I thought that you were just being lazy and that you just wanted me to take care of you when you're old. And dad's like, no, I have money. And he's like, huh. And in that moment it clicked to the son the reason why his dad pressures him to do good in school is for his own benefit. And the dad was telling this story with a smile. And the dad is like, you know what? That conversation would have never had happened if we would have been at home watching TV. If we would have been, if we would have been playing video games or if his other brother would have been there because then they're fighting and they're playing and they're doing all this crazy stuff. That conversation only happened. And that son got that clarification, that affirmation that his dad loves him, takes, is going to take care of him and is taking care of himself as well. Only when they created the space for that question to surface, create those space, stay quiet for a while. Just be quiet as a dad, as a man, be quiet. Just go out with your child, take them for yogurt, for ice cream, whatever it might be. Go for a walk right now in the park, given the circumstances that we're living right now. Just shut up and let your kid talk and watch the questions they're going to bring up. They're going to bring up this question. So three things that you can start doing. Have dinner nights, do some rough housing, and create the space for questions. Now, I understand that there's single mothers out there. And there's hundreds of reasons why there's single mothers out there. But what can you do in order for your child? We talked about the benefits of fatherhood. We talked about how important fatherhood is. But what can you do as a mom? What can you do as a single mom in order to also help your child in this development and the rite of passage, right? Well, let's listen to some words by Dr. Warren Farrell. What you can do if mothers. you are a single mom is to get your son involved with Cub Scouts. Get him involved with Boy Scouts. 
get them involved in a faith-based community where a good male pastor is both a role model and helping him meet with other boys his age to, to talk about the feelings that all the boys his age have so he doesn't feel so lonely and isolated. Uh, make sure he's involved in a lot of physical activities, a lot of camping, a lot of outdoor activities, a lot of adventures, and a lot of risk-taking. Make sure you roughhouse with him. Make sure you learn the difference between boundary enforcement and boundary um, setting um, and enforce that in your, in your life. This clip, Dr. Warren Farrow speaks about the importance of getting your children involved with other children that are in the, are their age to some rough housing. He speaks about it as well. And the difference between boundary enforcement and boundary setting. You set the boundaries, but also enforce them to let them know you're not going to do that here and there will be consequences. And I said, no, and it's no, and that's it. Teaching them that. But I think most important, just getting involved with other men. If there's a, if there's a man in your family, there's a man around in your circle that's a good, positive person, Get more involved with that. Ask him. Don't be ashamed. Like, hey, do you mind speaking to my son once in a while? Just speaking to him about life, speaking to him about the, what does it mean to be a man? Getting him different perspectives so that at least when he's going through that rite of passage and, it's that, and that's missing because that's not there, but there's a community. There's coaches. There's mentors. Boy Scouts, if, you're, if you want to do that, right? There's other men. They're going to be there that if he starts messing them and messing up, one of them is going to, hey, come here. Why are you messing up? Why are you doing this? You ain't going to be doing this shit here, okay? This is what it takes to be a man. This is what you have to do. And there's other men that are going to be there to support them, right? It takes a village to raise a child. So if you're a single mother out there, don't get discouraged. Just get them around other positive male role models. Get them around other men so that he can learn from them. Get him to hear some podcasts, some videos on YouTube. Maybe trying to find some cartoons that he can learn some principles and some values from. There's so much content out there. And don't get discouraged. Because there's thousands of stories out there of men that grew up without a dad and they still make it. But they have a community that supports them. So I want to wrap up today's episode. And I want to call all men out there. It's time for us to step up. Step up. If you're a father, step up and be a dad. Now I'll leave you this question. Have you been a dad today? And I'm not talking about financially and feeding your children. I'm talking about have you hugged them? Have you kissed them? Have you said I love you? Have you said, hey, no matter how many mistakes you make, I got you. I'm here for you. I love you. And I see you. Because no one's perfect. But I love you. I got you. If you are a future father, Start thinking about all the cool things that you can do with your children. Start planning them out. Start planning out what activities you want to do. What, what parks you want to take them camping. This coronavirus is not going to last forever. It's a pandemic. We will get through this. Start making plans. What is it you want to do? What well, the first birthday party? What is it that you want to do? And for all other men out there, I want, I, want, I want to call you out. And I want to say, step up. And if you see a child, if you see a teenager that doesn't have a male role model, hey, check in with them. Ask them how their day is going. Ask them what's going on with their lives. Have a conversation with them and let them know that they matter. But let them know, let, like say specifically, hey, you matter. Because if we step up, we can make a difference in somebody's mind, somebody's physical health, and somebody's spiritual life. And moms, just call to action. Get them involved around other positive men. 
and other positive male role models. So let's wrap up today's episode. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to check out my website, unravelingminds.com. Please read over my blog posts that I've discussed various topics. And if you'd like to leave some feedback, I'd love to hear from you. If there are some topics that you would like for me to discuss in the podcast, be sure to send me a message. And if you'd like to be a guest, I'd love to work something out where we can do a podcast together. Thank you so much for joining today. And please be sure to also check out our social links. There are linked to our website. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. And just remember, we're not done. We're just getting started.